You can turn them lights back on, brother. God is good. Amen. How many like those uh, cute little things they call giraffes? How many, has anybody ever seen a giraffe being born? Has anybody, you have? Not lately. Uh, has anybody ever seen a giraffe being born? Anybody? It's kind of a tr tragic thing to watch. It's kind of a thing that you say, oh my goodness, I'm glad I'm not a giraffe. <laughs> Touch three people and say, I'm glad I'm not a giraffe. <laughs> I want to read to you tonight what happens to a giraffe when he's born. First of all, a giraffe is a pretty tall animal, isn't he? When the baby giraffe starts its journey down the birth canal, the mother goes to a spot where there's no bushes, just flat, hard dirt. The baby comes out and it actually falls to that dirt. That fall is normally 10 to 12 feet, and that dirt is not soft, but it's very hard. When that baby hits the ground very hard, I, I, it rolls over and it just lies there with its legs curled up underneath it. The mother then positions herself to protect, say protect. The mother then, she positions herself to protect that baby and looks around and sees if there's any predators out there. And seeing none, then she gets up and she takes her strong legs and then she kicks the baby. And it flies over the dirt, head over heels. Don't believe me, Google it when you get home. True story. It flies over the dirt, head over heels. Now I have no comprehension about what's going through that baby's mind when his mama kicks him, but I'm sure he's thinking, this ain't too good. And a lot of people watch the video and they think, well, this is just a negative thing. This is just a bad thing. This looks rough. Why would she do that? But it's not a negative thing sometimes when we have to go through some stuff. The baby does not stand up. The mother will kick it again. First, she'll kick him to see if she stands up. He'll roll and tumble. But if he don't stand up the first time, she runs over there and she kicks him again across the hard ground. And if he don't stand up, she runs over there and she kicks it again. And it's not because the draft is having a bad hair day. The mother tries to send it flying across, trying to get it to get up. And then when it gets up, you'd think she'd leave it alone. She kicks it again. She kicks it again. She knows that the baby needs to learn to be able to get up quick. To be able to protect itself from a roaring lion, you got to be able to stand quick. You got to be able to get up quick. You got to be able to move. Somebody say move. move. You got to be able to move. She knows that the baby needs to learn and it needs to remember how to stand so it can save its own life in a time of danger. She kicks it again, not because she's having a bad hair day, but because she wants her baby to remember. Some of you need to remember tonight that you need to stand when you're going through a hard time. I'll give a free t-shirt tonight. Uh, everybody put your phone down. Put your phone down. Put your phone down. Put your hands up like this so I know you're not. I'll give a free t-shirt to the first person who can tell me what scripture I put on my Facebook today. Don't look. 
But you should have been. <laughs> Anybody know what scripture I put on? 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Turn there with me. I'll give you a free t-shirt anyway, brother. And I'm going to add you as a friend on my Facebook. She kicks it again, not because she's having a bad hair day, but because she wants the baby to remember. And I guess you could call this extreme tough love, but it isn't it better for the baby giraffe to learn why he is there with his mama who's going to protect him than out in the wild when he faces lions. I've heard many people question how a God who's supposed to love them could let them go through a terrible time. I found the answer. It's very simple. God does love us. He loves us enough to teach us, to kick us around sometimes, to send us through some hard times sometimes. And I said before, we don't learn sometimes from just going to church. We don't learn sometimes from just uh, opening up our Bibles and reading it. We don't learn sometimes that way. We have to learn because God whispers in our ear, hey, stay off them drugs, but you don't stay off them drugs. God says to you, stop gossiping, but you don't stop gossiping. God says, hey, don't get with that person or get with that girl, but you don't listen. So God's whispering, hey, don't touch that. It's hot. Don't go around there. It's no good for you. So sometimes God will allow you to go through that stuff so he can kick you and say, you need to do it my way, not your way. We need to praise God for the hard times tonight, for the rough times. Let me ask you this. How many have ever heard the expression, experience is the best teacher? I put on my Facebook, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Somebody read that for me. Somebody say amen. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. God is so good and so faithful to us. Amen. Sometimes we got to go through some hard times just to learn how good and how faithful he is. Here a while back, we had some families in the churches. Man, it's been, I guess, six, seven years ago. We went through a hard time with a family in the church. I, I uh, don't understand sometimes how people take Christ's love and then twist it. You ought to hear me good tonight, but some people do. They take God's love, they take his kindness, they take it and they twist it. If they're not right with their heart, they'll twist things, they'll turn it, they'll manipulate, they'll try to make things their own way. And about six or seven years ago, I had a family of four going to my church. And man, we started off by helping them through the hurricane. How many remember that last hurricane that we had? What was it called? Ike, that was a bad hurricane. We stuck together as a church. A lot of people would bring up meat, and we'd eat here sometimes. And, and we had this place right here as a, as a, be, be, a, be, a beacon of light 
for the community. We were passing out MR what? I call them MRIs. Justin Hamilton and Laura Hamilton were with us, and he was a sheriff of the sheriff's department. He got it set up where some big 18-wheelers came, and we passed out MRIs and MREs or whatever they are. And then we passed out bags of ice, and we were trucking ice, and we were helping people. Man, it, who was with me? Man, that was awesome. Huh? That was awesome. We got to help the whole community. And, man, we got tired. We were there for a long time. We were, man, we was up in that trailer. We stole stuff. And finally I got smart. I said, hey, you take this home and you come back and you help somebody else. I did. And nine times out of ten, those people who needed that help, they came back and helped somebody else. It was a phenomenal experience. And I had a bunch of workers from Caney Creek Cowboy Church. They were working in both trailers, handing out ice. And I would go up to the cars and I'd say, can I pray for you? Yes, sir, we lost our home. Yes, sir, our roof is gone. And one lady said, my mama died. I said, let me pray for it. Man, it was a phenomenal experience. But the more labor we put in, we would ask those people to come back and help us. And, man, they come back, man. And they would move us out of the way and give us a break. And they'd shovel ice and MRIs. It was awesome. It was phenomenal. We had a good time. And I met this family there. Family, you could tell, was hurting. They didn't have a lot. They didn't have no electricity. They didn't have no generators. They didn't have anything. So we decided to help them. We brought them into our church. We cooked for them. We helped them. A lot of people were cooking, and we would take stuff down there to them. And, man, it was a good ministry. We were ministering to them, and those families joined our church. They loved us, and we loved them. Say, loved us, and we loved them. Man, it was working. We were doing church. That's how church is supposed to work. We're supposed to receive this and go out and give it to somebody else. Come on, somebody ought to be with me tonight. So, so, so we went out and, and, and we blessed these people and they come and they want to be a part of us. And man, we were rocking along. We were doing good. Got past the hurricane. They were working hard in the church. They were serving in the church and they were doing a good job. But something wasn't right about their older kids. They had some older kids and they were dabbling with drugs and alcohol. They'd show up for church, but... You could tell they weren't getting anything out of church. Do you know a lot of times people show up for church, but they don't really get anything out of church? Happens every day in the church. And they would show up with their mom and dad. Mom and dad, I believe they was trying to be mom and dad. You know, once you get a certain way, it's hard to break that unless you have Jesus and you surrender everything. Come on, somebody, hear me tonight. If you have Jesus, you can break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. If you have Jesus, you can. And so they were coming, and they coming as a family, and, 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 and the brother, he needed a car, and he had a great paying job, and he, his, the kids destroyed the daddy's car. So we said, okay, we're going to help you get a car. We're working church. We're ministry. Hallelujah. We helped them get a car. And I said, don't let your boys drive this car. Don't let them destroy this car. Don't let them, man. You got to get to work. You got to feed your family. You're doing good, brother. Don't let, them, don't, let them, don't let them destroy this car. I guarantee you within three months, they destroyed that car. He'd give them the keys. He'd hand them the keys. He'd, he'd hand, them, hand it over to them. And, and finally, they just destroyed it. And he'd come back and say, can I have another car? 
No, you can't have another car. God gave you that one. I told you with that one, you need to honor God with it. I told you don't hand the keys to the devil. So we stopped. That was the first time we kind of said, no, we can't do this. We've helped you once. We've helped you twice. We've helped you several times. We gave you food. Even Brother Lyle and them took, took generators over there to their house and got them hooked up. And even when the power came on for the whole world, they still owed so much in their electricity that we just continued to buy gas for a generator to try to keep them going. Well, one day we got robbed. Holly was the secretary. They came and some people robbed us one night. They stole from us. Who would steal from a church? Can I say this to you? A church is supposed to be off limits. Even when I was running crazy, churches were off limits. Somebody ought to hear me. Did y'all's mom and dad not teach y'all that? Churches were off limits. You didn't touch the church. You didn't mess with the church. You didn't go around the church. You didn't break a window in the church. You better not look crazy at the church. Because God would kill you. God would kill you. God would kill you. You dead and don't know you mess with one of his churches. We got robbed. We called the police. We just thought it was a fluke thing. They came in here. They took Don Horner's guitar. Oh, sweet Don Horner. 70-something years old. They took his guitar. Who's going to steal Don Horner's guitar? That's crazy. And then they took an amp. They took, a, they took this. And they took... And I was like, man, so... so we reported it to the police. Things happen. Churches get broken into every day. Nothing new. Then we got broken into the next night. And then we had church. And then we got broken into after church. They ransacked the office looking for the offering. Then we got broken into another night. And they stole our checkbook. And they got broken into another. We got robbed 10 times in 15 days. Ten t t Holly, tell him if I'm lying. Stand up, testify. <laughs> we got robbed ten times, Joey, in 15 days. Unheard of. Crazy. Who could be doing this to us? Who could do that to us? Must be some people that don't go to church. Must be some people that, that never even stepped foot in Caney Creek Cowboy Church. Must be some people that we don't know. Man, we was even laying wait. Man, I had people up on the building, man, we, but they were slick. They wait till my lookouts fell asleep. I won't mention no names. Some of them are still with us today. They robbed us over. And over and over again. Surely it wouldn't be nobody to go to church with us. Surely somebody to go to church with us wouldn't hurt us. Wouldn't hurt its own. Wouldn't hurt the people of the church. Surely no way. Ain't no way. No way. No how. You know what? I turned it over. We were making police report after police report after police report. And we were getting ready to have a big bull riding that next weekend. We got ready to have our big bull riding. They hit us the night before our bull riding and stole all the buckles. That we were giving away to little kids out here in our mutton bust, in our, in our, in our calf ride. Leroy, you was with me. They were stealing our little buckles. And matter of fact, I, I, I found one of them buckles in a pawn shop. And I asked the guy, could he show me who pawned this buckle? 
He said, man, you got to get police involved. got to get the police involved. About that time, my bank called me and said, somebody's up here trying to cash one of your checks. I said, who is it? How much is it for? I don't know, but I think the little girl already cashed it, and they're gone. So me and Holly got in the car, and we drove over to the bank. They played back the video. It was the father and the son of the one who went to this church, who tried to destroy this church and all the good that it was doing. Man, it broke my heart. We didn't expect it. We didn't expect it. We figured it was somebody that we didn't know. Uh, surely, surely there wouldn't be anybody to try to hurt the church or anybody in the church. So we was like, no. But when I looked up on that video, I said, I said his name. I ain't going to say his name tonight. I, I asked God to forgive him. I said, I, I'm not going to. Lord, I can't believe that. Now, I could understand if it was his kids. But not him. Not him. Then they hit us again. They stole our 15-passenger van. Took the girlfriends on a joy ride in our 15-passenger van. Finally, they caught us. Come to find out, mom and dad in their 60s was telling their kids where all the stuff was. They were coming to church. They were praying on us, I guess you could say. Watching what we did, where we put this, what took place, what time we got done with service, what time Sunday night service was over, when we finished up on Wednesday night. They, they, just, they just kept coming and stealing, and I figured out why they kept coming, because they didn't have a car. So they could only steal what they could carry. So they come a lot, because they couldn't carry a lot, so they come with, and they take what they could carry, like belt buckles and guitars and amps and checkbooks. And then one night they decided to steal our van, and we caught them. Montgomery County Police caught them. We put four felony charges on them. The right thing to do. If somebody broke into your house 10 times in 15 days, wouldn't you want them to stop? Is there anybody here that wouldn't want it to stop? You're crazy. So we asked. We put, they, uh, they put four felony charges on them, and... and, and the dad and mom, I'm talking about the kids. They put the charges on the kids. Dads and moms come and showed up for a bull riding that night. They worked on our arena team. I called an elders meeting, and I walked them into my office, and I said, you're no longer allowed to come to this church. I said, no way, shape, or form. Uh, we didn't do it. They did it. We didn't do it. They did it. They did it. Everybody else did it but them. But I had proof. Say proof. I had fact. I never do anything without proof or fact. You should never make accusations or judgments against anybody without proof or fact. Correct, Holly? It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It, was, it wasn't me. And I said, brother, I saw you on video at the bank cashing one of the checks with your son I said you're banned from this church you're never allowed to come to this church until you get yourself some help right then I protected the church if you were the pastor of the church would you do that would you do that I had an emergency elders meeting Tommy I protected the church you do that if you was a pastor would you Rayford if you was the pastor Harry if you was the pastor 
Holly, if you was a pastor, would you, Jim, if you was a pastor, would you protect the church? I protected the church. I had an emergency elder. I'm just telling you a story. I'm going to get in the scripture. We're going to church. Watch. Called an emergency elders meeting. We made a decision. We asked them to leave this church. We didn't tell them to not go to church somewhere else. But we said, you're not going to run amok up in this church. Because this church is too important to us. Come on, somebody. So we made a stand. We made a stand. That Sunday, one of the elders had a change of heart. He said, Pastor, I don't think we should ask them to leave the church. I said, Brother, that's what the Bible says. I know what the Bible says, but I think we should give them another chance. I said, Brother, if they'll change their ways, we'll give them another chance. But the Bible says, by your fruits, I'll know you. So it's going to take a while for that tree to grow up and show me some fruit because I can't let them back in here until they show me some fruits. Well, this brother went and told a woman in the church. The woman in the church that Sunday morning was passing a clipboard up and down the aisle to have an emergency church meeting to remove the pastor for throwing somebody out of the church. I mean, I was preaching. I was having a good time. I've seen a clipboard fly by. I've seen a clipboard go by. I wonder what that is. Maybe that's a special love offering. <laughs> it was more offering than love. <laughs> they were offering me a gig down the road, Jay. I preached that morning with everything in my heart. And I asked God to remove the devil out of my church. And that lady stood at that back door and she said, I'll never come back to this place again. I said, good riddance. Because a church, a church will go through hard times. We as brothers and sisters will go through hard times in the church. There will be things happening that we don't understand why they happen and why people allow those things to come into their life. But we have to stay unified as a body of believers together. Everybody say together. We have to stay unified as a body of believers together. Come to find out that lady that was passing that clipboard, she was sending me death threats week after week after week. Week after week, she was telling me she was going to kill me. Week after week, she was telling me all these things. But I remembered that scripture that I asked you if you want to win a t-shirt. I remembered that scripture and I read it back in Waco. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Stand firm. Don't be moved. When you're going through a hard time, stand firm. Plant your ground. Man, they were, they were trying to push me out of here, brother. I, I, they've tried to push me out of here a lot more times than that one time. But I have stood firm. The devil's going to come. The devil's going to come into your life and he's going to try to push you around. He's going to try to take advantage of you. He's going to try to sneak in anywhere he can. Listen to me. It's very simple. God does love us. He loves us enough to teach us. I went through that situation and it grew me as a pastor. It taught me never to give up hope on nobody. 
So I began to pray, and I began to ask God to bless that family. I began to ask God to, to, just, to just do something or, or, or get them out of the community, Lord. I said, Lord, would you just change their heart, or would you move them completely out of the, out of the community, Lord? Because I can't stand being death-threatened. I can't stand worrying about my family as I'm not at home because I'm on the, work, on the road doing ministry work. Lord, would you remove them or save them? I want to teach you something. Watch. Pay attention. Not everybody is saved. Not everybody's going to heaven. A lot of people are going to hell. A lot of people are going to hell. Don't let that be you. Make a decision tonight to stand up for what you believe and who you believe in. Put Christ in your heart. Make a decision to follow him. And don't let the enemy in in every area of your life. In any area, like, man, this is good stuff. I hope they're getting this on video. We don't even have a video player. You know, you hear things like that. You say, man, I, I, I don't think that should go on in church. And I don't either. I don't either. I think we should come to church to hear from God. I think we should come to church be around other believers the Bible says do not forsake the assembling of the saints but some come for the wrong reason I ask you tonight why do you come to Caney Creek Cowboy Church why do you go to church maybe this ain't your home church maybe you're just visiting why did you come to church is it to get closer to God to grow up in God man I'm going to say this to you tonight this place right here is very important to me. I got it when they were about to close the doors. And God handed it to me. And I said, Lord, how can I make it grow? And the Lord said, plant a seed of love. And I have done that. I said, Lord, I'll love them when they come through that cattle guard. I'll love them unconditionally, Lord. When they spit in my face, when they disrespect me, when they call me all kinds of ugly stuff, when they, when they, when they, when they rise up against me, Lord, I'm going to love them. But I'm also going to stand fast in the Word of God and be immovable. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If Satan, you knew Satan, because we don't know Hey, we don't know every time Satan's coming. Sometimes he sneaks in. Sometimes he comes in like a roaring lion. But sometimes we don't know where he's at and what he's doing. Let me ask you this. How many got kids? Well, we all pretty much got kids. If you knew that Satan was coming to get one of your kids, would you prepare yourself? Would you get your gun out? Would you get your sword out? Would you put two pocket knives in your pocket? One in your boot. Grab a Bowie knife and stick it in your mouth. And fight him to save your kid's life. Who would? Who wouldn't? Who would not do that? Raise your hand. Who would get a 12-gauge shotgun, a machine gun, go down and buy a cannon, steal one, whatever, just to save your kid's life from Satan getting them? Who would do that? Raise your hand. 
All of us would. We love our children. God loves his children. Every one of them. Let me ask you this. How many of us are married? Are going to get married? Renee, Fabio, and Kevin. And y'all should just do it this weekend with them. We have like a double deal and I'll be done. Can y'all make room for four? Huh? The cost will go down. Shane would like it if y'all help him split these chairs over after church, wouldn't you, Shane? Huh? Make a big help, wouldn't you, brother? Amen. So if y'all can help after church split that. But listen to me. If you're married, raise your hand. If the devil come to get your bride, would you do anything you could to protect it? Really, truly, really, really. Let me ask you. Wives, let me ask you, because wives, you're a lot tougher than these old men in this house tonight. If the devil come calling to get your husband would you get on your knees get in the word pray sing hymns trust God walk get you some sisters around and pray your hardest and go to the altar and do all that try your very best to understand what God's doing and try your best you put a knife in your mouth and two in your boot and two nine millimeters in your back pocket and you fight the devil women who would fight for the right to protect Men, will we do the same thing for our wives? Will we pull that 270 deer rifle out of the closet? Guess whose bride this is? Guess whose bride this is? This is not just a building. This is not just a building. This is a church. This is not just a building. This building has nothing to do with mine and your salvation. This is a church. This is a place. You are God's bride. You are the church. And God said to love your bride, which means love the church. And I'm getting goosebumps just telling you. All of us in unity got to love this place and do our very best to nurture it, to help it, also to protect it from anybody or anything or any devil that tries to destroy it. Because I want to tell you about this. Oh, can I? Yeah, I got two minutes. This one here, like I said, it's special. Because people's lives get changed as soon as they walk through that back door. They fall in love with Christ. They fall in love with Christ in this place. Josie, your mama fell in love with Christ in this place, didn't she, girl? Uh, she loved this place. She'd do anything in the world for this place. God called her home because he loved her. He loved this place. But your mama loved it. She would give. She would take care of. She'd do anything for this place. How many feel the same way? Don't raise your hand, but in your hearts. You've been taught something very, very important tonight. That this is God's bride. This church. And he cares a lot about this place. And he opens our eyes and he reveals things to us. Me and Holly, man, Holly is one of my best friends. She's on my 
my elder board. She's I mean not an elder. She's not an elder. I don't let no. She's the, she's a woman. She's an elder. She's not an elder. She's a woman. You don't get me twisted up with a non-denominational church and have the Baptists calling me on Monday morning. On my ordination board, I got one lady, and that's Miss Holly. See, out of all my friends, all my pastors, all the men who led me to the Lord and helped me grow up, there's one lady on there. And that's because she saw value in God's bride and rode that storm out with me and several other storms that come against this place. <laughs> Scott Jones, there's going to be more storms that come. Brothers and sisters, there's going to be a lot more storms that come against this place because the devil, I, I, was, I was talking with the BGCT this week about some things, and he said, Brother Mark, I've never seen the likes of such a spiritual battle that's taking place in our world right now. Satan's making one last stand, and he's trying to get whoever he can. Stand fast. Stand fast. Leroy, Ida, you got to stand. If you're going to move and you get down there, you got to stand fast and be immovable. You got to find you a church the first day you're there or start one. You got to plant yourself around God's bride, a place that's going to love you like we loved you. I don't want you to move, but I'm just telling you, if you do... 1 Corinthians 15, 58. I'm the first one up if there's a bump in the night in my house. It ain't her and it ain't those children. It's the man of the house. When there's a bump in any area of your life, when there's a hard time in any area of your life, the first one up is Jesus. Yeah. Hey, watch this. Watch this. He knows your voice. Mary, I didn't even know you singing that song. You didn't even know I was preaching this message. But he said, you, your cries have woken your father, the master, the head of the house. It ain't easy, brothers and sisters. But it'd be worth it. If you stay in love with Jesus, stay in love with this church, it'll be easy. I promise you. One day he said, no more pain. No more heartache. No more dope man standing on the corner shaking his little pills at you. Dope dealers don't get to go to heaven. I'm just telling you, dope dealers will not be in heaven. People who repented of selling drugs, changed their life, gave their heart to Jesus and don't do it no more, those people will be in heaven. But the guy that says, I'll just sell my drugs, he won't be in heaven. <laughs> Man, I could just keep going all night. But I think you get the point. I think you get the point. This place is valuable because it's God's bride. And you and I should do everything to stay in unity, protect it, stay in love, and help it grow. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father God, thank you for this night. Thank you for your love, Father. Father, I thank you that pain is a part of growing. Pain is a part of growing. I've had a lot of pain in my ministry, had a lot of pain in my life. 
I thank you, Lord, for the pain in our lives sometimes because it teaches us how to adapt and how to overcome. And, Lord, I thank you for those times where you've kicked me when I didn't want to do something. When, Lord, I've had to confront things in this church and in my personal life. There have been things that I've had to kick out of my personal life. What do you have in your life tonight that God wants to kick out of it tonight? Lord, I'd ask you to start kicking it away. Get it out of their life tonight, Lord. Lord, I thank you so much for the pain that I have had to endure. You said pain is only temporary. And joy cometh in the morning. Father, I know it's the hard times that make the good times so much sweeter. Lord, I'm asking you tonight for anyone going through a hard time in this church and out of this church. That you would be attentive to their prayers and their cries. Lord, I ask you tonight to help those who have been knocked down in this world to get back up. And Father, we're the church and the community that also wants to help. Teach us your ways, Lord, not our ways. Father, I ask you in Jesus' name, all these things that we learned tonight, that we will remember like the baby draft. Come on, somebody. That baby draft, got kicked a lot but mama was teaching him something remember to get up fast because the enemy's coming Lord you're so good to us we thank you for everyone that got saved in this church up to this point and all that's going to get saved in the future in Jesus name Amen Somebody give God a praise. Amen.